What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from beautiful San Diego, California. It's been a bit rainy down here. We've had some flooding issues, but uh, nonetheless, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty sunny from here on out for the rest of this uh, quote-unquote winter. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. we got a packed episode for you guys this week. Bringing the heat. We've got an incredible crew tonight. It's myself, Zambi, and Coop. Fellas, how are we doing today? What's going on, amigos? Intern Coop here. And yeah, I don't know if we've uh, had an episode where it's been the three of us. So this is a nice change of pace. Something different, something new. Um, keeping uh the listeners on their toes. Uh, but yeah, we got a good lineup set, so let's get rocking. Let's get rolling. What is up, everyone? Intern Zambi here. <clears throat> um, yeah, a pretty mellow weekend after some uh, craziness, but God's country holding it down for the Spokies out here. And yeah, small crew but big hearts. Let's do it. Let's keep it rolling, fellas. Coop, take us through the headlines. Absolutely, Paige. Uh, well, to kick things off, fellas, uh, we got a new AP poll uh, with their Zags moving up to the number six slot after a another uh, tumultuous week, I'd say, in college basketball. Uh, getting by BYU by the skin of their teeth and then absolutely taking it to the pilots. Uh, so good stuff. Boys, what are our thoughts on the latest uh, AP ranking? Yeah, we're uh, slowly creeping our way up to that uh, around a one seed. Uh, we'll see what happens with the with the five teams in front of us. Um, I think I saw something. It's a little suspect. I don't think UCLA has a win over a ranked team, and I think they're ranked above us. So uh, that's a little sus AP crowd, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm sure that we'll, uh, we'll we'll jump them eventually as long as we keep up this hot streak. Yeah, I think six is pretty much right where we should be. Um, I think we're the highest ranked three-loss team. And if you look at who we lost to, you can count them as like 2.1 losses. I don't know. But uh, yeah, interesting point about UCLA. But, you know, Zags keep zagging and we'll end up where we need to be in March. Yeah, I like that point. I think this year is so interesting just because there isn't, as we've kind of alluded to throughout the podcast this season, there isn't really a dominant team or even a great team, really. Everyone's just like at the top is just kind of good. So I was laughing because um, like, what if this is the team that that goes all the way, you know, Um, just because the rest of the landscape, as opposed to years past where there have been multiple dominant teams. Uh, when the Zags might have had better teams, maybe. So we'll see. You know, I think this team needed those losses uh, to kind of expose their weaknesses, and they're learning from it right now. It's exciting to see. Yeah, and so uh, breaking news for the podcast right now, uh, Kansas State just beat Kansas in overtime by one. So we could see some movement going up. We'll see what the national voters think. But, yeah, good stuff coming. Yeah, yeah, no, I think um, kind of going back to Paige's point about UCLA, I think, you know, given like three of our last four WCC wins have kind of come down to the wire, I think that has voters a little, uh, maybe a little pessimistic about the Zags and what they've done so far, maybe thinking it's fool's gold, but um, I don't know. I think, you know, as long as we keep taking care of business, I think in the latest like bracketologies we're up to two seed all around i think i saw us 
as a two seed in the West, maybe, if not mistaken. Yeah, there is one that had us in the Midwest, and then one was in the West. I think, was it Joe Lenardi's that we were in the West? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I just know that we're kind of, we're definitely more, more so a two than a three or a four at this point. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, ultimately with this team, as long as we kind of continue that trend, um, I think we're in good shape. Um, but, uh, just some, uh, notable, uh, games from this weekend. We had Kentucky finally taking care of business as they beat Tennessee. And then you had, uh, Arizona, uh, going up to Oregon and taking, you know, a bit of a fat, fat L. So, boys, what are your thoughts on uh, those games? Uh, I thought the Kentucky win, I mean, obviously that helps us. You know, we can't complain there. Although we did lose to Tennessee in that exhibition match, if you want to call it that. Still a pretty intense game. But um, I don't want to say it's good to see Kentucky back on track because I don't like Kentucky. But, I mean, it just helps our resume out, you know, especially if Kentucky can squeak their way into the top 25 at some point. Maybe they – going a little run just helps us out so um that's always good to see and um you know it's funny watching arizona because a lot of people there's a lot of talk about tommy and whatnot and we obviously wish him the best but uh you know a lot of people had arizona in front of gonzaga as the best team in the west so you know just something to keep your eye on as a zag fan yeah no uh I didn't get to watch either of these games, but um, <clears throat> definitely the Kentucky win bolsters our resume a little bit and kind of wanted to do a quick aside in terms of helping our resume. Xavier has bumped up to eighth in the country. And I don't know if you guys watched the Michigan State uh, Purdue game, but Purdue only beat Michigan State by one. And if Zach Eady gets a foul called on him, maybe it ends up differently. But um <clears throat> Yeah, Arizona kind of seems out of sorts, though. Um, I remember seeing the spread as four points. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're in Eugene. But um, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's just showing how their offense is just um, – it just really hasn't been what it was at the start of the season. And that's why you don't bet with us, because I was fully ready to put money on uh, U of A. Didn't do it because the Hawks game was on, and then you, we'll get to that later. But um, I'll <clears> – <throat> Being a Sun Devil fan, I like seeing U of A lose. So, cool in my book. Yeah, yeah. Arizona um, definitely on the bit of a uh, cold streak right now. Uh, you know, I think we're all Tommy Lloyd fans, and some of us are still Omar Bala fans. Shout out Jake. Um, so, hopefully they yeah. kind of get together. <laughs> uh, also, quick, uh, quick shout out to – Alabama for beating LSU by like a 40 piece over the weekend. My God. <laughs> that is one I forgot. <laughs> I was gonna mention that. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> I thought LSU was, you know, decent, but damn. Holy shit. Hey, they're missing Efton. <laughs> <laughs> they're, so. missing, they're, missing, they're missing their flashlight. <laughs> oh god. So uh yeah, yeah. I mean that that win looks better and better with each uh, passing week. So uh, having a win against, I think, what, is Alabama ranked fourth right now? 
They are at four. And Xavier's eight? Yep. So having right. having wins against the fourth and eighth ranked teams in the country is not too shabby. So I'll I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But uh, moving on, we have uh, some recruiting updates. Uh, we have a new Zag that has joined the team in Yoon Suk Yo. Apologies if I am mispronouncing that. Um, before I push that even more, where is he from? South Korea. South Korea. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> I think he went to. I want to say it was like Seoul University, and then before that, he was at the NBA Academy in Australia. And <laughs> Paige, I was spelling it out phonetically in the rubric. <laughs> oh, we're... it's a uh, June suck. Yo, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it. We need Jake or Dan on here to help us out. But yeah, <clears throat> uh, I can't say I have a ton of insights or intel on this guy, but it sounds like he's joined the team. He's practicing. Paige, you kind of, you know, keep a close eye to things on the international recruiting scene. Do you know anything about this guy? Uh, there's not, you, just like you said, there's not a ton out there on him. He did play in the FIBA tournament, uh, that Zach fans probably would remember when Chet was on Team USA and even squared off against them. Uh, I don't remember his stat line against that game, but I do know he averaged about 26 points a game. Granted, I think they lost every game. I could be wrong on that as well. I know they were getting beat pretty bad by both the USA and France. Um, but you know, being the main player on a smaller country team or maybe where the sport of basketball isn't as prominent, definitely reminds Zag fans of one Rui Hachimura who did pretty much the same exact thing. Uh, granted, I believe June is um, a bit older. I think he's 19 or 20. Um, so a little bit older of a prospect. I think he's still pretty raw in terms of, you know, his skills and everything like that. I'm playing within a system. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, always good to add a new Zag and uh, could be a nice, fun project. And who knows, maybe he's contributing uh, as soon as next year or the year after, um, giving us some valuable minutes. He's got good size, good frame, good athleticism, you know, everything you look for in a in a Hooper. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Paige, I think you summed it up pretty well. I think he, he will be a project, but from the highlights I've seen, he looks pretty dang good. And... I mean, he said, like, what, 26 points a game. I think he averaged about 10 rebounds as well. And so, I mean, Grant, you have to be kind of like, I don't know how good South Korea's national team is. I'm in the same boat. But I feel like a guy like that kind of has to carry a lot of the weight. And so I think another thing to kind of take into effect is the transition from being that the it guy to being part of the puzzle that Mark View puts together. But I don't know. Mark's done in years past. I'm sure he can do it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll, you know, find out more about this edition. You know, probably not so much this year, but next year um, as he comes into a, the fold more. But exciting that the uh, international pipeline is still alive and well. I know we all kind of had our doubts about that when Tommy dipped, but sounds like we're still, uh, you know, looking overseas for talent. So that's always, always good. Uh, moving on to a more exciting prospect, uh, Zoom Diallo. Uh, I believe he was in attendance for the uh, Portland game. Um, 
he is kind of the uh, prize jewel right now, I'd say, as far as all things Gonzaga recruiting goes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know we're biased here, but it sounds like, you know, there's a very likely chance we see him in a Gonzaga uniform. Is he a 2024 recruit or 2023? 2024. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Um, Paige, I'll uh, hand it back to you. You kind of, you know, are on the ends with the five stars. What's the what's the word on Zoom? Uh, you know, you, oh gosh, I guess you know. You look at his highlights. You know, everything he does. I'm not gonna say. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but he's kind of plays a similar role to Jalen, where he'll probably be the main ball handler when he comes to Gonzaga. He's that good. Uh, but he's probably more of a traditional combo guard, as Jalen was as well. Um, just a stud, you know. I, I don't want to put those types of expectations on him because Jalen had an absurd year. Um, but he's really good. He's really good. He's going to come in. He's going to play, probably start right away, depending on, obviously, who returns and whatnot. But I wouldn't be surprised, regardless, if he starts either way. Um, yeah, he's a stud. Nothing much else to say. Uh, I think he's from, what is it, Tacoma? Um, so in-state guy you got to land these in-state guys and it's always good to uh you know be favored over teams like UW or even you know in Arizona I believe Gonzaga is probably in the lead right now uh just due to you know geographical um as well as how good Gonzaga is and how good they are at developing guards so um we'll see man it'll be exciting to get our first big recruit in that class yeah I'm pretty excited as well. Um, putting a little bit in perspective, <clears throat> Zoom is the 11th ranked player in the country. Second overall point guard, top in Washington. He has offers f- from U of A, Florida State, us, Cal Poly, and Fresno State. So I think obviously U of A is going to be our biggest um, competition here. And <clears throat> um, two other quick notes. Uh, Part of the breaking news about uh, the June news is June was featured on Zoom's Instagram story. And I believe it was Dan or Jake that pointed out in the group chat. I was like, oh, do we have something brewing? <clears throat> but last part here is just a quick takeaway from the director of scouting for 24-7 Sports. Uh, projection, power five starter, good positional size and strength, feel the game, pick and roll instincts, fluid release, um, doesn't get sped up, dictates his own tempo, and really good at coming off ball screens. And so just hearing that, that screams Gonzaga, in my opinion. But natural competitor, and it's going to translate on the defensive floor. So 6'4", 190 from Curtis High School over in TAC. But, uh, yeah, it would be huge if we can land this guy. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like he'd uh, be nothing but a great addition. And I know, I mean – I think we can all agree. I mean, this team is solid, but if there's one thing this team is lacking, it's, you know, that, you know, that one and done talent that, you know, we just, you know, we've had the luxury of having with both Suggs and Chet, but I don't know if this team has that this year. So if we can kind of regain that in the class of 2024, that would be huge. Um, But moving on to uh, some more interesting news, uh, we have a Mr. Antonio Brown who um 
I think mistaked his OnlyFans for Snapchat this morning, uh, partaking in some NSFW activity. And I believe no other than Zambi was able to catch this in real time. So Zambi, without being too graphic in detail, why don't you walk us through uh, this whole Antonio Brown Snapchat story? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm honored to bring this news to our listeners, if you guys have not already heard. But I was on Twitter this morning, and then everyone's blown up, hey, don't check Antonio Brown Snapchat. And so... You know, he's kind of a spitfire, loose cannon. So I'm like, yeah, I wonder what he's up to now. And in retrospect, I mean, it's 2020 hindsight. It said, do not in caps. Um, so I kind of screwed up there. But <laughs> <laughs> similar to his other antics, I think it was a bathing pool over in Europe. Um, wasn't wearing any clothes, had a female accomplice. And uh, I think all I can really you say is... Oh, he's packing heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I'll tell you when to stop. Ready? Stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wish I could get that out of my uh, my brain space, but yeah, um, saving you guys the trouble. So don't look on Twitter for that. But yeah, Antonio Brown's still crazy, still CTE'd. Yeah, I don't really – I kind of think he may have done this intentionally and he'll, like, come out with an OnlyFans in, like, a couple days and be like, hey, yo, like, <laughs> where it's really – Want to see more of that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, – but, yeah, yet again, it's also Antonio Brown. I don't think that guy really gives a fuck. So, um, yeah, I kind of had forgotten about him. And, you know, just when you think that he's kind of out of the the media – he does something to get back in the scene. So uh, shout out to Antonio Brown, Brown for, you know, staying somewhat relevant. You know, it's pretty hard to do. <laughs> I found a way. Uh, but with that being said, boys, I think that concludes this week's headlines. Paige, I'll turn it over to you for some Zag talk. Absolutely. Let's uh, hop on over to Zagland. Um, <laughs> after that, Abrupt end to the headlines. Um, boys, we had some big games this week. Uh, definitely different style games. Let's jump back into Thursday night where the Zags headed off into Provo. Jalen Suggs, Paolo Banquero, uh, Kelly Olenek. I think I saw Colin Sexton were all in attendance. I'm sure there were some more NBA players there, as I believe the Magic were in town to play the Jazz at some point You know, in that window. Uh, so they were able to make it out. Pretty cool scene. Uh, we had 19,000 Mormons screaming at the top of their lungs, completely sober, uh, completely non-caffeinated. And the boys went to battle. Um, overall, pretty remarkable game. Uh, it looked like BYU. I don't want to say they had us on the ropes for most of the game because I think it was back and forth in terms of a lead. But they definitely came back and took a strong lead towards the end. And uh boys found a way to get it done um at this point i was watching with my dad and uh one of my buddies it we usually kick it before we have thursday night basketball games and uh our game was at nine o'clock this week and dags were down by like i can't even remember how much it was but it was like six no it was like four points with you know a minute left or whatever 
And we were like, oh, our game starts in like 20 minutes. Like, let's head over. So I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need to see them lose right now. So I head over and I get a text from my dad and it's like, hey, Zach's won. I was like, what? How'd that happen? And our group chat was blowing up, of course. But uh, right away, fellas, let's get your thoughts real quick on the game and the comeback specifically. Yeah. I mean, first half I was watching at my parents' house and I thought the Zags looked pretty good in the first half and I was happy with it to the point that uh, I was like, you know what? I can go watch the second half over my buddy's place. Like, I feel good. And... So let's see. We are on a timer as well today, boys. Um, so I'll keep it uh, short and sweet here. But basically, went to 7-Eleven to get a Coors Light to watch the game. Their fridge wasn't working, so it was lukewarm. And that was a telling t- like a telling sign of what I was about to walk into. And this is actually like down by five or something. When I get to my buddy Griff's place, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I think it's just one of those typical raise your heart rate, cardiac kids, Zag game, but pretty pumped we got it pulled off in Provo. I hate the Marriott Center. I hate BYU fans. And probably the best part about this win, outside of the six shot from you-know-who, was seeing the Twitter accounts be like, oh, the students are making their way down to rush the court. Just have their hearts broken. And I love that. Yeah, that's uh, there's some good points, Zambi. I think you know my biggest takeaway from this game, um, is just you know kind of the fact that we went down like I think like eleven or twelve with like six minutes left and then came back. I don't, I know we've that's kind of been the story that uh, we're down at half and then we have to kind of pick things up in the second half. But the fact that we did that with that amount of time left, um, pretty impressive. So um yeah yeah i didn't kind of wrote kind of had wrapped my head around the fact that we were probably taking an l that night but somehow some way the boys got it done so i don't know i <laughs> this team is definitely nothing short of battle tested at this point so hopefully hopefully that continues and two games that really matter you know come march april but you know, a win's a win's a win at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, kind of, kind of thing that we keep like going back to is just you know, while while we can put up numbers offensively, I feel like our defense just definitely struggles at times, especially our perimeter defense. I mean, I think does anyone know off the top of their heads, or does anyone have a box score with like how many threes we gave up this game? Uh, not off the top of my head. I have the box score here, but you're right. You're exactly right. I mean, that's the reason why BYU was able to, uh, hang in there and take the lead at such a commanding league, really at home, you know, probably feels like more than 11 or 12 points. Um, uh, but keep going, Coop. I'll get that number for you first. In a uh, 13. Yeah. Zami yeah. <laughs> just threw it up. So 13. So, I mean, yeah, when a team makes 13 threes, I mean, that's usually good amount to you know beat any team so the fact that we gave that up i mean yeah it's impressive that we were able to get the win but also you know on the flip side of the coin you know a little concerning that our perimeter defense isn't better so i don't know does anyone else feel you know the same way about that 
Yeah, I think I said on last week's episode, but I think it's still just a work in progress as a whole. Just figuring out who's going to switch and then who's going to go through the picks. Um, <clears throat> kind of doing a quick step back to the three points or three pointers. They shot 52% from three point range. And then second percentage that we had, <clears throat> we only shot 3.8% higher than BYU for free throws. And we shot 53.8% from the line. That is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some things to clean up with this team. I, I think that's definitely been made clear. <laughs> if you're an avid listener to the show, you know, it hasn't been the smoothest ride. A um, couple notes though. I mean, they have been better, generally speaking, from the line uh, in some of their other road games. This was definitely kind of surprising, I think, from my perspective, because it looked like they were taking a bit of a leap from the line. And that's just always kind of been something that's dragged these recent teams down is it feels like we haven't been the most comfortable at the line for whatever reason. Uh, and then the defense, you know, that that just comes with drilling. It comes from looking at film. And it is great like you said coop it's great to see that happen this this comeback but it really felt like we should have lost this game and this was a game we did not anticipate gonzaga losing and that would have really really put us back because we still have to go to saint mary's which is the only game i think all of us are willing to concede like hey we could actually lose this game uh so good to see them squeak it out um but they definitely 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 have some stuff to clean up um, just some other notes from this game. Um, Anton with 18 points, a pretty efficient night overall. I think we're, we're really witnessing him take a leap, um, uh, in terms of he, he isn't really a focal point or anything like that on offense, but it is really great to see him, uh, just do his role and do it really well. You know, he's playing a ton of minutes. He's causing a ton of havoc on defense, poking balls away, grabbing important rebounds, um, so on and so forth. And then, obviously, the big shots at the end. I mean, at the end of the day, as fans, we haven't had to feel like this for a Gonzaga team in a long time, where almost every game feels like it's in question. And at the very least, we can say we're comfortable in these situations, you know? I don't know if it'll ever feel truly comfortable, um, but, you know, at least when the games got tight with, let's say, the... 2021 team that went to the national championship team or the Rui team or the other national championship team whenever they got tested it was like oh my gosh like what do we do who do we go to that kind of thing now it only happened every once in a while this game this team's fighting for their life every game and I think it should make them better I'm keeping my fingers crossed because you just (laughs) you just never really know with this team um but I think it showed later on in the weekend how they can kind of bounce back and we'll touch on that in a little bit but um fellas any closing thoughts on the BYU game um I think an interesting note would be um how you just had different people step up like it was Hickman then it's Bolton now it's Strother and I think the interesting part about it is like we have guys who are capable of making that shot in that moment and so it doesn't have to be one guy like in the past we've had to it's like okay gotta get to this guy get to that guy um i think like 
Uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> I can't give an exact example, but I think just having the flexibility of kicking it to multiple people in crunch time is just huge. Mm-hmm. Also, big shout out to Salas. He had a pretty big three. It kind of went under uh, the radar because there were two more threes after his that were mm-hmm. obviously massive. Mm-hmm. But I think his three brought it within one with like 140 left. And I was like, there we go. Like Zags are back in it. And then, of course, I think it was Gideon George who hit a three right after that. And I was like, all right, it might just not be our night tonight. But um, great to see Sal step up and, and hit that shot, man. I think that's really what, you know, all of Gonzaga Nation sees that he needs in his game before he takes that that next step, probably next season. But just great to see him um hit that shot and show that the work's you know kind of coming out there uh coop any last thoughts on this one uh no i think uh you guys you know chalked it up pretty well i mean the one thing i'll add is um just that you know while i don't like going down you know 10 plus points with less than 10 minutes left in a game (laughs) it does say something about the resiliency of this team you know i think when you look back at the losses against Texas and Purdue, we kind of folded in the second half when we went down, you know, margins and let the game get away from us, you know, as opposed to just fighting back. So said something about, you know, our guys and, you know, maybe these guys do have that dog in them. And it's not, not just Timmy that has to really, you know, get this team up for games. It's everyone can kind of say, you know, fuck it. Like we, you know, we can ball too. And, um, you know, it says something that a different guy has hit, you know, like go ahead or game winning shot the past three games. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Zam, you want to, you have something to, you want to add? Yeah. One little last thing here. So, uh, Paige was talking about Hunter Salas. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Salas playing defense on that inbound that BYU had where they just totally butchered it and just turned it over, which led to, was it the Salas three? Uh, I think it was the Hickman's. That was Hickman's. That makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, guy's just an absolute defensive freak. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, he definitely shines on that end of the floor. And that was, that was a crazy play in and of itself, you know. Um, But real quick before we move on, shout out the uh, Vanilla Gorilla, Ben Gregg, super efficient. Pitching in 10 points, two for two from the line. Yeah. Six rebounds as well. So you love to see that. He's active on the glass. He's efficient. And he's taken a leap for, I mean, I didn't expect him to contribute at all this season. So uh, shout out to Benny Gregg, doing a great job. Uh, And then jumping into uh, the kennel Saturday night. uh, First was the first home game of conference play, at least with students back for sure. Um, And the Zags absolutely pummel. The Portland Pilots, who have had an interesting season. You know, they've competed and even beat some really good teams like Villanova or traditionally really good teams. Now hung in there with UNC, uh, but have kind of fallen off as of late. And I think this is what I was this was what I was alluding to earlier, where they bounced back and they took control of the game in their home environment. And that's what you want to see. You know, you want that you want the crowd to know uh, that you're here to battle. And I think they did a little bit more than that. They absolutely uh, blew the wheels off of, of Portland. So, uh, guys, what did you think of this absolute blowout? Well, 
I can safely say I did not watch too much of it because it's coming off a Seahawks loss, and then we seemed pretty much in control from the start. So that led to beer pong. So <laughs> I did not see a ton. Um, it's more so just looking at the box score. So, Coop, do you have anything else? Uh, No. I was also not really tuning into this game. Uh, I was attending the Blazers game that night. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to Dan, who's not here tonight. I think he said it. This is his lock of the year uh, that we would cover. And, you know, we haven't done a great job of doing that so far this season. So, shout out <laughs> to Dan for, uh, you know, putting his, uh, for sticking to that. Um, but, yeah, I didn't watch this game. I did, you know, kind of have a hunch that we would t- absolutely take it to the Pilots. You know, I think we were on the road for a three straight game. So, I think the boys were itching to get back, itching for a Saturday night game in the kennel. Uh, I'm sure the kennel was buzzing. Um, and we took care of business. So, <laughs> Pilots haven't taken off yet. And uh, that's, my, that's my monologue. <laughs> Yeah, um, I as well did not really watch the game. I watched, there's a, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this YouTube channel. It's like Matthew Loves Ball or something like that. Matt Loves Ball, but he does like really long extended highlights. So I watched that while I was working today, just in preparation to kind of see what what the guys look like. And uh, just before we move on, because there isn't too much, we don't want to, you know, bury Portland too deep here. Uh, Big shout out to Malachi. Uh, really showing out tonight or this night, uh, 27 points, seven for 10 from the three point line, uh, two for two from the free throw line. But uh, that's something I think I would like to see more. Maybe it's just been game flow or whatever, but maybe some more scripted shots for Malachi. Uh, he has a really nice shot and he has the experience as well. Maybe when the team gets in a little bit of a rut or maybe they need a, a bigger three, obviously, you know, we've been talking about it and we're not really worried about who's going to take the big shot. But, you know, maybe just to get the ball rolling a little bit, get Malachi some open looks uh, from beyond the arc, because, again, he has a really nice shot. And I think he's kind of earned it at this point um, coming off the bench, maybe being, you know, a bit of a spark plug offensively for this team. Um, any closing thoughts, fellas, before we move on? Yeah. <clears throat> so another two quick hitter here. Our boy, sweet, sweet Abe Eagle, got on the boards. Two points. Flap the wings, baby. Abe is back. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but at halftime, for the listeners who don't know, at every home game, they do a half-court shot with students, sometimes people in the stands, and they win X amount of money. And each time they don't hit it, it goes up another 100 bucks. We had this guy, I can't, I don't know what his name is, but he's wearing a construction hat and cut off sleeves. Just a, just a full on sweet swish from half court wins 1300 bucks. I think there's an unwritten rule that if you hit that half court shot, you got to buy some drinks at Jack and Dan's. What's your guys' limit on how much you pay for I, that would depend on how much I made. If it was thirteen hundred, I mean, hundred bucks goes a long way at Jack and Dan's. So uh, <laughs> I would probably go up to you know, probably just buying beers for everyone to up to a hundred bucks. Whoever first come first serve, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. I mean, <laughs> get a couple, get a couple pitchers going. I mean, how much is a pitcher at Jack and Dan's? Like ten bucks. Yeah, if that. I just I remember the uh, the good old uh, what was it Zane's rehearsal dinner and my bar tab was pennies compared to what it is here. So <laughs> I made out like a bandit that night. So, uh, yeah, like like Paige said, a hundred dollars goes a long way. You could probably throw in a couple shots there, a couple of tidal waves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe some seven forty sevens. I was gonna say like a buck fifty. Just make sure every dog eats, you know. But the funny thing was, I was talking to my dad about this because him and uh, my little brother went to the game. I asked him the same question. Do you guys have any guesses on what uh, Tim said? The whole thing, the whole pot. Hey, thank you. Uh, uh, I'll go. This is just an arbitrary number. I'll just say 300. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> it was three hundred. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put, me on, put me on the prices right. Goddamn. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a fun segment. <laughs> there we go. Any other thoughts, Zambi? I thought you said maybe two. No? Oh, no. It was the A Beagle then. That one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Fly, Eagle, fly, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> Always good to get to see some of the uh, the walk-ons and, and guys um, further down on the bench, get some time, get some run, of course. Uh, but looking ahead to this week, you know, not playing a ton of powerhouses. I'll be honest with you guys, but we can't really sleep on any game here. Uh, we've got LMU at home, and then we go down to Pacific. Uh, LMU is currently ranked fifth in the WCC. Uh, they're sitting at a... Uh, I believe it's a 13 and seven record three and three in conference uh, coming off a hot winning streak of one game. So uh, I believe they beat the university of San Diego, who I believe is close to last in the league. Um, don't know a lot else on the LMU LMU lions. Um, fellas, any thoughts on this uh, home matchup? Um, I think, you know, this is another home game for us. Um, we should, you know, really, you know, handle business. They did beat the pilots by 20. So they are, you know, when they're on, they are, I think, a decent team. And they did be, I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, they did beat a power five team in Wake Forest, who's uh not terrible. They're 13 and five. So uh the Lions, you know, they're not, you know, nothing to scoff at. So um, yeah, I know I think this is another game where, you know, we just we take care of business, you know, as long as we don't get ahead of ourselves, it should be, you know, relatively smooth sailing. Yeah, I really don't have too much, too much insight onto either of these teams. I haven't really watched a ton of exterior WCC basketball. Um, yeah, with San Diego, it's like they kind of got shit pumped in Moraga, one at San Francisco, kind of got shit pumped at at home versus pro or not provo uh byu my initial thought is shouldn't usd have a better basketball team like who wouldn't want to go to usd and just live like the athlete lifestyle just i mean Paige, you're close to it ish right yeah i mean they've had some decent teams in the past um they had that one class 
Well, I don't know if you guys remember. They, I think it was the first national championship year or soon after that, maybe the Rui year, where they would always, they were always a problem. You know, they, I don't think they ever beat us, but it was always a close game. Um, and then years and years ago, they had a really good team that that won a couple games in March. I think they beat the UConn team that had, um, oh gosh, what's that guy's name? Super tall, Hashim to beat. Yeah, they beat that. Team. Oh, the beat. Uh, yeah, yeah, they beat that. Hashim to beat. I think he was the number two pick in the draft that year. Uh, that was pretty wild down here. I, you know, with USD, it's they're a smaller school. They're obviously a WCC school, so you know it's just not necessarily a priority. Like they've had a pretty good baseball program in the past, but you know, I think with basketball, there's so many traditional powerhouses, and obviously the Power Five in general that. Players would want to go out there, but uh, two quick highlights about LMU. Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. First and foremost, Cam Shelton is their leading scorer. Um, I don't know if this is correct or not. I want no, I don't think it is. I don't. Did he play at Nevada? Is he a, is he a transfer? I think he might be a transfer. Um, I could be wrong though. Um, so do not quote me on that if you're ever in, in a serious situation, listeners. He came um, from Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of another guy, but I did know he was a transfer, so props to me on that one. Um, he's averaging 18 and a half a game, so he can fill it up a little bit. And then a fan favorite <clears throat> is also returned for this year. He's got to be a senior or super senior. Kelly Liu Pepe. The guy with the oh, uh, the mullet man, the mullet man, the mythical mullet man's averaging 14 and a half points this season, 6.9 rebounds. Nice. And a scorching hot 46% from three point land. So Kelly's taking a little bit of a leap. Good for Kelly, man. He's really stuck it through. Uh, always kind of funny to watch him play, but he seems to be a bit more serious of a player these days. Um, so just keep your eye out for that mean, that mean mullet, uh, kind of a, kind of a body too. I mean, he's listed at six, six, two forty. Yeah. He's a unit for sure. Yeah, uh, he, can, uh, <laughs> he, can, uh, he can bully some guys in the pain. I think he, he got, he got the best of Timmy at times last year. Yeah, no, he's definitely, he's definitely pesky. Uh, he's going to give him a good fight. So it, it will be a decent little game. I think it's at home. So we, we should win by a good amount, but, uh, they're not coming in to, you know, to just roll over. They've got some players. Um, should be a fun one to watch. Um, but any 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 closing thoughts, fellas, on LMU? No? All right. Wait, Cooper, oh. do you say LMU and USD? Or did I just totally screw that up? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about USD. I'm like, wait, we don't play them for a while. We're playing Pacific. <laughs> No, you were saying uh, uh, some because I think they just beat USD. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pacific's up. <laughs> Pacific's up next. We got Pacific this Saturday down at Pacific, and these guys uh, are having a little bit rougher of a season. Um, I believe they are seventh in the WCC at a cool ten and ten record for the season. Um, Fellas, what do we think about the Pacific? Is it Tigers? It is the Tigers. I believe so. <laughs> uh, just, I can't say I know much about the Pacific Tigers. 
Just doing a quick look at their stats. It looks like they are led by uh, Kalen Boone, who is their who's a guard, uh, averaging twelve points. Uh, he's a Oklahoma State transfer. Fun fact. I think he might oh. be hurt. Is he hurt right now? Hurt or suspended? He's only played fourteen games this season. Oh well, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking on ESPN right now, and uh, you're not in, like any of the latest box scores. Uh, I haven't checked the box scores. Just with the leading score, he he had he is averaging the most, but they don't have him as the the leading score. They have Tyler they play in their last game against Santa Clara. Oh, beautiful. Maybe they, maybe they just don't log it. Maybe because he hasn't played in enough game. I don't know. Anyways, so uh, um, yeah. That's uh, like I said, don't know too much about the Tigers. Can't say I've you know paid too much attention to them, but um, and this is more so I think going back to when they had I think it was Damon Stoudemire was their head coach. Oh yeah, they gave us a couple of dog fights. I mean I think you know when he left that readiness kind of left the team. But um, I don't. I does anyone know who their coach is now? Mm, no. Good so, job. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, this is a game where, as long as you know, we don't think we can, you know, we're not sleepwalking. I think we're fine. Um, maybe, maybe Pacific gives us a nice ten intense minutes of basketball, and then we pick it up. But, um, no, for for all intents and purposes, we should uh we should be able to get away with the with this one with these. I like to think. Yeah, I, well, just taking a quick look at their roster, they seem to be a, a fairly young team. Um, they've got a good mix of juniors and sophomores. So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, where they're at now and then if they can, you know, maybe develop in a few years. Who knows? Uh, but their leading scorer, like we said, Keelan Boone, he's a junior. And the second leading scorer, Tyler Beard, is a sophomore. So, uh, just something to keep an eye on. You know, these guys will probably stick around for a while and uh, we'll probably see them in the coming years. Um, but yeah, I think this should also be a win. I, I think you're right, Coop. You hit it right on the head there. They, these Pacific teams haven't been the same necessarily without um, Damon Stoudemire out there coaching. Those teams, if you guys remember, they would always give us a fight, man. I Even, the, even some of the better teams that we've had, like Jalen Suggs' team, I remember them just taking us down to the wire. So I think there's always going to be a little bit of PTSD from those games. And who knows, maybe they'll they'll get up for this game. Um, let's just go down there and take care of business. What do we say, fellas? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that with that being said, do we just a quick round table, score predictions for both games? Let's do it. Lead us off, Coop. Okay, with uh, LMU. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I think it's gonna be maybe a sixteen and a half point spread, and I think we win by a. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighty six the sixty eight. So barely covering. Um. And then Pacific, I think I'm going to go like 13 and a half, maybe 14 and a half. Uh, give me 85-72. Okay. 
Uh, <clears throat> I'll say for the LMU game, I think Zags pulled off at home pretty easily. I'm going to say 15 and a half spread. And just like last week, week's episode, I'm going to say 91 to 75. <laughs> so very close. And then for Pacific, honestly, so I, was, I love looking at schedules. They had two back-to-back exhibitions. They don't even have a logo <laughs> on ESPN. They lost one of those games. Oh, tough. So I'm going to say it's going to be a 19 and a half spread. Zags win 108 to 76. I like it. I like it. I'll wrap us up here. Uh, I think on, I think on Thursday, I think we're going to jump out to a big lead. Um, I think the biggest scare here is a backdoor cover, man. I think we're going to get up to a big lead and, and it's going to be fun and easy. And I don't know where we're going to sneak up on that 15 and a half. Is that what it is? Coop 15 and a half points. Yeah. I said 15 and a half, 16 and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be 90 to, uh, 76. I'll say a little back cover action. It's happened to me way too many times. Yeah, we know we're too familiar with this song and dance. I know. I, I I'll just <laughs> never forget the Omar Ballo missed cover. That it still just makes me want to throw up, dude. I just I can't, <laughs> I can't get over it. Uh, the missed dunk, missed cover. It's just sad. Anyways, uh, and then Pacific. I think we should mollywop them. I think it's going to be uh, 90 to 65. I like the 90 number. I think it just shows a good offensive output. Maybe a little bit more of a struggle at the beginning, but then the team pulls away, um, leaving the starters in there for a while, hence stopping the threat of a backdoor cover. Um, but I think that officially gets us out of Zagland. Um, or I guess we can talk a little bit. Do we want to touch on WCC in, in the West or move forward to NFL land? Um, uh, unless maybe has some interesting notes on the WCC. Yeah, Zambi, hit us with your notes. Yeah, I know. Uh, I wish I had it pulled up right now. <laughs> um, I think big news on WCC so far. Uh, big news out of San Francisco, one of their wings, um, I want to say it's like Jalen Shawane, tore his ACL, MCL, and PCL out for the year, so that's going to be a big blow for them. I know last week I said they would be one of the NCAA tournament teams. That kind of makes it not look as good. Once again, do not bet with us. Fade us. Um, <clears throat> I mean, outside of that, I think the only other real – Big news is uh, St. Mary's got 106 votes for the AP poll this week. So I think they're 27th overall ranking right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, the game of Moraga, we've already touched on it. It's going to be huge. But those are the only real notable things I have, unless you guys have anything else. Got nothing. And I would like to give a quick shout-out to the College of Charleston. Go Cox. Still <laughs> hanging in there. <laughs> Go Carl College of Charleston. All right, fellas. Well, 
We've got 8.30 left on this recording. Um, let's jump into NFL land. Zambi, take us away. Yeah, so unless you're living under a rock, you're probably watching NFL wildcard weekend. Or correct? Was it super wildcard weekend? Super wildcard weekend. Yeah, no, we had a ton of really good games. Um, obviously, I'm biased. So we're going to lead it off here with Seattle versus San Francisco. Um. I'm going to start with you, Coop. What were your takeaways from this game? Uh, my main takeaway from this game is that, you know, this this is a solid game. And then you have that one turnover by Gino that really changes the whole complexion. Uh, other than that, I mean, it was, it was kind of back and forth. I mean, Hawks couldn't play defense for shit. Um, I'll let you kind of say the final word on that, Zambi, but – um, as far as you know, staying with it for three quarters, it was it was a ball game. But yeah, that fumble just kind of took the took the sails out of the Hawks. Clipped our wings. What do you think, Paige? Yeah, it was. Uh, in my opinion, it was always the Niners. But for a second there, I was like, the Seahawks might be able to do this. They might be able to do this. They're looking good. They did they head into half with the lead? 17, 16, yeah. Yep. They headed into half with the lead. And I was just like, they can just keep squeaking it out, man. Keep keep moving the chains. Um, you know, definitely reduce the turnovers. But I don't know. The the Niners are just such a wagon. They just have so much talent. It's it's tough to bet against them. Um, but I mean Hey, for all intents and purposes, the Hawks put up a pretty pretty damn good fight against a really good team. Um, so I definitely don't think it's anything to hang your head about. Yeah, I mean, the season overall was considered a rebuild year. And uh, <clears throat> to go to the playoffs and Geno to break Russell's single-season passing record, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> the tough part was, like, we had a damn good first half. And then as Cooper alluded to that turnover with Gino in the end zone or just getting stripped or red zone, excuse me. Uh, that was just kind of a blow. And I think when a team like San Francisco gets the win behind their sale, they just kind of take over and that's what happened in the second half. And so all in all, I think the Seahawks have, I know for sure we have the fifth overall pick and then it's either 19 or 20th. I think it kind of depends on the Tampa loss. But um, if Jalen Carter's there in the first round, I think we take him. Otherwise, give me Will Anderson, put him up with Jordan Brooks, who will be coming off of a ACL injury. But I think that puts us in the best position here. Um, yeah, it was a sad time at <laughs> at the PI, but, you know, you know, the Hawks, we take each loss in stride and try to avoid the Twitter, Twitter trolls. But yeah. that's all I got to say on that. I think with this with the, with the this situation, I can kind of relate to because, like, you never know how your team's going to show up when they're coming in as an underdog, right? They could get blown out quick. But once they show they can play, you kind of get into it more as a fan. You get excited. You're like, oh, we can do this. We can do this. And what I think about this is, like, if the Padres, like, we saw them squeak out a win uh, against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, 
if they had lost a game at home and we would have had to go back to LA, my heart would have just sunk. So I can relate a little bit. And, you know, once you see your team kind of in it, it's like, Oh, can we actually do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? We can, we can, let's go. And then you're like, Oh shit. Okay. Well back to earth a little bit, but no, I think I thought it was a great game. Honestly, especially that first half. That was tough. Yeah. No, it's kind of like the, the guy fishing is like, Oh, you think you got it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Pulls it back. Nope. All right. Question. You, question you didn't you. get that joke. I got it. Okay. Question, <laughs> uh, Bambi. I mean, th- so, I mean, I think, you know, the Seahawks making the playoffs, I don't think anyone really expected that at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, do they surpass your expectations for this year or what's kind of your overall grade for this year's team? <laughs> I'd say, I'd say is a a B. Um, obviously the Hawks won more than the Bears did. Shout out Jake. I think Jake <laughs> has to do a hot ones challenge along with Dan. Yeah, no, I, I have to do my beer mile still, so that's on hold. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think with it being a a rebuild year and then um just not really knowing what we have going for us. Um, I think it turned out pretty well. We have a lot of stuff to do on defense in our front seven. And I think with a healthy Jamal next year, paired with Quandre, Tariq, and uh, who's our other cornerback? Anyways, um, <clears throat> I think next year's going to be a stepping stone, but granted, the past five years, we haven't won a playoff game. And so it's kind of like mediocrity. And I don't know. I think we're just going to ride Pete, Pete Carroll into the ground. <laughs> we're going to put him <laughs> in the grave. <laughs> you guys are literally uh, going to take him to his retirement home. <laughs> I mean, I hope he has a good one. <laughs> Seems like a fun grandpa. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Well, you guys are set up nice. You know, you got that pick. It'll work out. They'll They'll be tough. I don't know about... I guess it really kind of depends on. It sounds like the defense is going to be on point. The running game's on point. Can Gino win you more than one playoff game? Do you do you believe he can? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, this year, <clears throat> first time being Pro Bowl. I think he was second team All Pro, and then breaking a single season record, and they all wrote him off. But as we know, he did not write back. <laughs> So, Adam, I feel pretty good about um, one, the time, and then two, kind of where we're at on offense. I think we bring back Rashad on a one year deal and him paired with K9. That just leaves a dangerous backfield. And then we still have Lockett, we still have Metcalf. And then, I don't know, the offense is going to be great. It's just the real thing is defense at the end of the day. And Michael Dixon not trying to scramble for 20 yards when we're inside the 30, our own 30. <laughs> and I think that's enough about the Seahawks and Niners here. One of the more surprising games of the weekend, we had the Los Angeles Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as our former correspondent for San Diego about the Chargers, we will leave it to Jay Page to do a soliloquy. Oh, fellas, this was an absolute masterpiece. When I tell you how good I felt after this game, because 
I have been there more times than I can count. And the ultimate heartbreak was when the final when the Chargers finally left San Diego. And there's been a lot of us that that had hung on for a few years, including myself. Um, I think we all got to witness Phillips' last hurrah in the playoffs, where they beat the Ravens and uh ended up getting their butts whooped by Tom Brady's Tom Brady led uh Patriots team. Uh that was recently, I believe, in 2019. Um, uh, but going through the years past, you think about the 14 and two chargers team that, uh, you know, picked off Tom coincidentally enough, Tom Brady, I believe it was in the divisional round. Uh, and then they fumbled the ball, missed kicks all over the board against the jets. Just so much heartbreak has come from this franchise and to see that they haven't changed a bit. The chargers are still chargers, chargering. I mean, it's fantastic being on the other side of it. It's hysterical. And to all those who still follow this team and are from San Diego, you know what? I get it to some to some aspect, but you saw you could have seen this coming. Like we all saw it coming. We all were calling it. As I was watching the game, I was like, I think Jacksonville can still come back in this game, even when it was 27-0. Like the, it, it's just so typical of the Chargers. And this ridiculous head coach that they have who just absolutely puckered up in the second half to let Jacksonville waltz all over them. I mean, it was just textbook. It's storybook. And you know what? That ownership group deserves everything that they have coming to them. They're probably going to keep that head coach around, which is, again, classic Spanish family, classic Chargers. And they're going to miss out on hiring a coach like Sean Payton or someone that could actually do it. But that's just what they do. That's what the Chargers do. They don't like head coaches that can, you know, really control the franchise. Uh, they don't like coaches that are too expensive. You know, whatever it is, they're always going for the budget higher. And they're just going to continue to do this. And it's awesome because I know how painful it is. And I don't feel that pain anymore, guys. I feel like I'm relieved of a curse. And it's fantastic. Fantastic. So screw you, Chargers. You deserve this one. Damn. <laughs> uh Coop, do you watch end up watching this game? <clears throat> uh I watched kind of the first quarter, you know, when Trevor Lawrence was, you know, seeing ghosts out there. And I think he threw like three interceptions. Um, and then I didn't was it four? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they went up 27-0 nil, right? At one point. Yep. Uh, yeah, but you know, I never lost faith. You know, as I said, you know, beginning of the NFL season, my hot take was the Jags making the run, and look what's happening. So, <laughs> um, never doubt Trevor Lawrence. He is a uh, he's uh, approaching goat status. Um, this team is a uh, is it. So. I'm jagging off, baby. <laughs> Jag off. <laughs> yeah, the coincidence was this was at the same time as the Portland game. So we have two blowouts going on. So I just completely stopped watching. We get back from beer pong and the Jags is making a run. And I'm like, holy crap, like what's going on? Like actually what the hell is going on with the Chargers? And uh, I think it was the right call today to fire the OC and the quarterback coach. Because, I mean, Herbert's too good to put up more than 
I think he put up three points in the second half. Like you have to be better than that. And for the defense at the same time to give up that many points, I think the blame's all around. But uh, yeah, just an absolute shit show. And I don't know, Coop. I'm still not on the Trevor Lawrence train. I still think he's a bust. I think, well, the interesting part is Trevor Lawrence has never lost a Saturday football game through high school, college, and the NFL, which I think is just absurd. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're a team of destiny, Coop. They're playing Kansas City next week. So, but, um, yeah, that <laughs> it was a very interesting, uh, wild, super wild card weekend. Um, we did have Buffalo, Miami, which started off kind of as slow burn, as Casey Musgrave says, but it started to heat up. Anyone want to take the lead on this? Um, take it away, Paige. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I didn't really watch too much of this game. I was just expecting Buffalo to run away with it. I, I feel like similar, a little bit similar to the Seahawks, where Miami really wasn't expecting to do much. Uh, I mean, even we'll touch on it later with Baltimore too, but they hung around. They came back a little bit. Uh, I think, uh, I can't remember what their quarterback's name is. Skylar Tom- Thomas? Thompson? Something Thompson, like yeah. Thompson? You know, at the end of the day, it's it's tough to win a playoff game um, with, with Skylar Thompson as your starting quarterback. So for, for having him at the helm, I feel like they didn't do too bad, you know? And I think you kind of get a taste of, hey, we can actually pull this off as Miami fans and you know, you're a little, left a little bit heartbroken, but um, we'll see. That that franchise is in an interesting spot. You know, they have Tua, their coach, and all that stuff. Who was caught vaping on the sidelines? Right? Was that this game? <laughs> it was. He's in like Ooh. a puff or some sort of e-cigarette. <laughs> it's a little nicotine fiend, I guess. So, you know, we've he all does, been there. He does look like a big vape guy. Yeah, you know, he's just oh, dying with it. He's totally. probably got he's probably got things <laughs> all over the place, dude, just throwing them in when he's working. So I respect it. But um yeah, you know, I think it's all what we inevitably expected the result to be, just a little uglier than than what anyone could have really even imagined. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean this I thought this game, you know, was gonna be a blowout for all intents and purposes, and Miami said fuck that you know we're making this a game and you know may, who knows maybe if two is playing this is we're looking at a different outcome but um credit the buffalo they uh they got it done they they had they found the will they found the way to uh get the dub and you know the team of destiny continues for them yeah i mean overall to be honest, once Buffalo got up, I think it was by like. <laughs> you guys can only see what Cooper's doing right now. <laughs> um, once Buffalo got up, I think it was like 14 0 or so. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap now. And so I took a nap and woke up. I'm like, oh shit, this is a game. But definitely credit to Skylar Thompson, kept the team in it. And I think it's also kind of a testament to our vape god. Uh, Mike McDaniel is it's Mike McDaniels, right? Yeah. Yeah, for just like keeping his team in it with like basically a third string quarterback in the playoffs and 
just kind of like getting that fire still going. Um, pretty good game. Um, I do agree, though. I think Buffalo, they're on a mission. They're going to do something with Jamar Hamlin next round. They have to. Uh, if they're playing, if they're playing the Bengals. It has to happen, you know. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have on that game. Uh, second game of the weekend, we did have the Baltimore Ravens with Huntley at quarterback versus the Cincinnati Bengals. With... I think it was the Giants game. Oh, we did not include that on this rubric. Giants Vikings. He hunts and. The Vikings. You're right, Coop. And with that, you have now signed yourself up for giving us your, your take. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm there. This was another game where I wasn't too glued to the TV for. Um, but I know the Giants were kind of a sneaky p- pick for a lot of people. Uh, the whole Vikings are frauds uh, storyline uh, came to fruition this weekend. Uh, Zambi, I want to turn the uh turn the mic to you. Have you had a chance to uh connect with Super Vikings fan Trevor Coates? Um, well, I kind of have this rule like when the Vikings lose, I don't give him too much shit because I know he gets <laughs> a lot of shit. <laughs> and so the extent of my shit talking was, he tweeted out earlier in the day, he's like so excited for Vikings football, and then after the the loss i retweeted it <laughs> uh, <laughs> i got got a couple likes but uh he was having his birthday weekend in san diego so i think he was doing a-okay i saw some skull chants at the bars down there um but yeah i mean he's a vikings fan he's at this point he's kind of a mariners fan with more playoff experience i guess yeah yeah um no i mean shout out to the giants i mean they've kind of been doing it all year no one kind of expects them to win but <laughs> danny dimes and company just find a way to get it done yeah shout out danny dimes that dude uh is looking at a pretty nice payday given what he uh, did this past weekend yeah seriously man like you guys remember at the beginning of the season everyone was writing the giants off and they're tough man they play tough football uh, I really like Dable as a head coach. I think everyone does, but uh, he's really got them playing good ball. Um, and you know what? With the Vikings, we all could have told you it was coming. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins, nice guy. Is he a playoff guy, though? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. if I, I know it's not. He, didn't make, he doesn't call the plays, but throwing a check down on fourth and eight. <laughs> That was so bad. Like, I don't know what we're doing here, dude. Yeah, that was very tough to watch. I was Uh, like, what? (laughs) That's the play. (laughs) So bad. It was actually kind of funny today, too. I was on the NFL realm of Twitter, and this beat writer for the Vikings, he's like, what other other, uh, offensive weapon do we need? And I'm like, well, wait, you guys have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook. It's like, should be like wide receiver, tight end, running back. Like, what do we need? Like, you guys are probably better than like <laughs> a handful of the league right there. <laughs> like, what the hell? <clears throat> but hey, Trev, at least it wasn't 27 yards, right? 
<laughs> Thanks for getting my joke, you guys. <laughs> so as I previously mentioned, we do have the Ravens and the Bengals doing a little primetime action. Uh, so we started Cooper. We'll start JPage here. Yeah, I think uh, this was another surprise game. And, and honestly, if it wasn't for that miracle strip touchdown, I mean, let's say the, the Ravens put it through there. They're they're winning in the – was that the fourth quarter? Like, they Yeah, that was like, like eight minutes left, I think. I think yeah, so. Like, you, you look at the Bengals, man, and, and some of their wins, you're just like, how did that happen? And they just have this aura about them where you think – they can really beat anyone. Like, watch this week; they'll somehow, you know, upset the Bills. You know, the Bengals are a good team, but they just find a way to get it done, man. And uh, I mean, I don't really have much else besides that. It's just kind of just a big like, what the fuck kind of moment where it's just like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Sam Hubbard strip strip touchdown. 99 yards, man. I don't know. That was also a funky play call. Like, why are you having your – I think uh, Huntley is, isn't the biggest guy. They they saw Trevor Lawrence stick his arm over with the football the other day. But I believe Lawrence has about five or six inches on him. Um, I don't know if that was your inspiration or not, but definitely a risky play call. And I think the analysis was, like, why were the – if he was going to reach over, why were the running backs pushing him over? Um when he didn't really have ball control, uh, he obviously had a hand on it, but like not like legitimate ball control. If they're just going to push him in, just keep him tucked and push him in as opposed to jumping over the line and being exposed. I don't know, man. I think the Ravens could have squeaked that one out, but these Bengals, they always just find a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this game really boils down to that one play. Um, kind of like in the Hawks uh, Niners game, the whole, turning it over in the red zone. And then obviously in this case, it was house for a touchdown that really changed the whole complexion. Uh, but yeah, Bengals, you know, they just have that good mix of lucky and skill, which is um, huge come playoff time. So yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm really stoked for that bills uh, Bengals game. I think that's gonna be a hell of a game. Yeah. <clears throat> well, boys, they have to put that prime time, right? Uh, I think it's – I can pull up the schedule right now. It is slated for standby. Oh, no. It's So the schedule – Jags Chiefs is Saturday at noon or one thirty, And then Giants-Eagles is the primetime game, 5-15, followed by uh, – Bengals Bills is noon Sunday and Cowboys Niners is like the late afternoon game. Interesting. So, Interesting NFL. Uh, yeah. I think my big takeaways from this is honestly what came out of the locker room after the game. JK Dobbins just saying, Hey, like I want the ball. They're not giving me the ball enough. If we had Lamar. That shit would have gone in. Didn't say that verbatim, but that's basically what he said. And so it seems like a locker room that's kind of like kind of fringy, especially with Lamar being in a contract year. And I don't know, PFT is pretty convinced that uh, 
Lamar is going to to Washington. <laughs> but <laughs> overall, um, I think it was a good game for sure. A lot of Ohio State guys on Cincinnati. The thing that kind of irked me though, didn't really like, I didn't lose any sleep over it, but they were like smoking cigars in the locker room after being Baltimore with their third string quarterback and basically just swing on the Hubbard or yes. Hubbard strip. Yeah. Hubbard strip. I'm just like, you guys didn't win like a natty or anything. You guys made a good play and that's it. So that's kind of where I stood on that. And, um, that leads us to our Monday night game. America's team versus the GOAT, Tom Brady. Cooper, you know you have the honors. <laughs> um, Yeah, to my pleasant surprise, the Cowboys far exceeded my expectations in this game. Um, I mean, we all know the Cowboys' track record when it comes to the playoffs, and we all know Tom Brady's track record when it comes to the playoffs, especially against the Cowboys. I mean, up until last night, he was undefeated. So, yeah, the fact that uh, the Cowboys took care of business and really the only flaw was Brett fucking Mayer not being able to hit an extra point. <laughs> um, I mean, the Cowboys played for, you know, in my book, a pretty much flawless game. So, um, shout out to them, you know, kind of getting that monkey off their back. You know, everyone kind of likes to nitpick the Cowboys and say that, you know, they're their frauds as well, which, you know, is, you know, somewhat justified, but not last night. So a uh, great win for the boys. Um, and hopefully it continues. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Paige, do you have any dog in the fight? Yeah. You know, uh, Hoop, this wasn't personal, man, but there's a lot of hype around Tom Brady and, and him being in the playoffs and, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen a better fight, you know, but I don't know, man. This this Tampa team isn't the same as it used to be. Tom's looking more and more like his age. And you really got a question, like, what is he doing? Like, is he going to keep going? I mean, he just could not get on the same page as his best, arguably his best receiver, I guess, in Mike Evans the entire game and you know, just looked a little lost out there. And so I bet I asked the question to you guys, you know, do you guys think he's, he's, is he done? Like theoretically he could come back still, but like, are we ever going to see the same Tom Brady again? I mean, my, my hunch is that he does play, but it has to be for a team like the 49ers that are just like built to win. Like, he's not going to go – he's obviously not the same Tom Brady that can go step into a franchise and be the guy. You know, he can be the last piece, so to speak. So, for instance, if the Cowboys are able to beat the Niners next week and Tom Brady is like, hey, I, I want to come, I'm sure they're willing to part ways with uh, Trey Lance and bring in Tom Brady because – Tom Brady on the Niners. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> That's a cheat code. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think as far as playing with the Buccaneers and playing in Tampa, I think he's done. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, 
I think one thing you guys missed there, the Tom Brady, shout out Arden. He's a Sarah boy. Brady back to the Bay. They basically cut ties with Garoppolo last year. Brought him back. Trey Lance has done nothing in two years. Grand, yes, he had an injury. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Why not bring him in on a one-year deal? I can't, yep. I can't think of a reason why not. I think yeah. unless, unless Purdy wins a Super Bowl, and even then, you probably still give the rock to Tom. Um, Because I feel like, you know, they have Purdy for cheap, and, like, you can just keep him there. And, hey, maybe he is your guy in the future, but, like, you know, he learned from Tom. I the the big question is what do you do with like someone like Trey Lance? Like use a high draft pick. I mean, maybe you could trade him for something. Like, do you keep him as well? Like what what's the deal with that? You know? Uh yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this hinges on how well the Niners do with the rest of the playoffs. I mean, if they continue winning and if they win the Super Bowl, um then run it back next year. I don't see why not. Um, I think they do have some salary cap issues that they're going to have to work on. I mean, a lot of those defensive players are absolute studs. I don't mm-hmm. know. If they, I don't know if they can keep all of them with their current roster. Um, But yeah, I mean, you did this for all intents and purposes without Trey Lance. Why do you need him? So I know he he's a more dynamic player. He's definitely more of a dual threat, but Tom and Brock Purdy aren't so um yeah I mean if you win the Super Bowl I don't see why you don't run it back and if you want to you know get a little creative then yeah add Tom Brady yeah well with that though who was the last dual threat quarterback that came out of North Dakota State and where is he at now are we not are we referring to Carson Wentz Exactly. <laughs> it's a telling telling tale right there. Uh but uh we'll keep it moving. We know it's been kind of a long episode. Um so we do have a divisional round preview here. We're gonna start off Chiefs, Jags. Let's do a spread MVP final score. Well, I think the spreads are already set, but um, um we just well, say who covers or yeah, let, let's audible to that. Let's do uh who covers. Uh got it. Um I guess I'll I'll lead this off here. Um to no one's surprise. I'm absolutely sticking with my Jaguars. Um team of destiny. Uh Trevor Lawrence riding the hot hand, you know, got the uh the Playoff jitters out of the way with those four picks early, but um, they're coming to shock the world. Give me the give me the Jags. Thirty one twenty eight. Damn, game winning field goal. <laughs> At Arrowhead, <laughs> Page. What's the uh, what's the spread, Coop? Jags eight and a half, or not Jags? Chiefs eight and a half. A lot of points. I, you know what? I'm gonna ride with the Chiefs. I think, uh, I think they're just too good, and um, 
I think they're going to win this game by a healthy margin. Uh, and it's at Arrowhead. Oof, that's tough. Um, I'll say MVP. We'll go. I'll go Kelsey. I'm going to say he's going to have a few touchdown catches, have a big game as he usually does. Uh, and then what was the third part, Zambi? Oh, uh, final score. I'll go 38 to 20. Damn. As a little as a little wrinkle, let's do a player prop bet of the weekend. <laughs> for each yeah. game. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to look for those. I'll just say whatever whatever the over is on Kelsey Yards, I'm hammering that. Coop. Oh, I'm going Kelsey anytime touchdown. That's just <laughs> That's Lock City well, right there. That's that's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think I'm gonna say I think the Chiefs cover eight and a half. Final score will be thirty one to seventeen. My prop bet will be McCole Hardman. Anytime touchdown. Oh. And shit, what was the last one? Uh, MVP, I'm going to say Mahomes. I think he just spreads it around. But, uh, yeah, from there we have, I guess we'll do it in chronological order here, um, Giants and Eagles at 5.15 on Saturday, PST. Switch it up. Paige, you're up. Are we doing Giants at Eagles? Yeah. I don't know what the spread is, but I'm going to say that the Eagles oh. cover. Seven and a half. Seven. And, oh, yeah. Eagles cover easily. Um, I'm going to go uh, MVP. Let's go. I'll go Jalen Hurts. Keep it simple, stupid. And then I'll go final score. Uh, I'll go th- 28 to 18. And player prop, I'll go AJ Brown anytime touchdown. Nice. Uh I guess the turn is to me. Uh the whole Jalen Hurts injury kind of concerns me, I think. I don't know what to make of that. I do think um, the Giants keep this one close, but I do have the Eagles winning. I'm going to go 27-24. Giants cover, and my player prop is the Danny Dimes over on rushing yards. Ah, shit. That's what I was going to (laughs) do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say <clears throat> I think the Giants do cover. I think it's going to be 21 14. Player prop, I give Danny Dimes one touchdown. MVP of the game. I'm going to say Saquon has, has a day. I think he just wills it. Then it's kind of like a 
not a Statue of Liberty, but like one of those fake plays where it's just like, oh, Danny definitely has the ball. But Saquon just waltzes in. But, uh, God, I need some coffee, boys. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> we got two games left here. We got the matchup we've all been waiting for, the Bengals and the Bills, 12 p.m., Sunday the 22nd. I'll let you guys fight for who wants it. Whoa. Uh, I guess Paige went for – I'll go first this time. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting this, you know, to be – a shootout for all intents and purposes. Do we have a spread? Uh, five points, Buffalo. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Bengals cover. Um, I'm gonna go. I think yeah. I think it's gonna be thirty four thirty. Um. I'll go over on my lock is over on Josh Allen passing yards. I think he's be slinging that thing. Uh, yeah, thirty four thirty bills. Nice, nice. Okay, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Bengals cover. I think Bengals win. I think MVP is going to be uh, – I think Joey B's got to have a big game. I think he's just got to do it. This is the moment that he lives for. Um, let's go player prop. I'll do Joe Mixon anytime touchdown. And I'll even – let's see, final score, I'll do 35 – to 32 Bengals. Ooh, I like it. <clears throat> um, give me one second here. Let's see if we have any uh weather predictions for them. Uh, game time weather is supposed to be 33 degrees, a little bit warmer than days past. I am going to go <clears throat> I think the the Bills are going to cover. I think it's going to be let's see is that statistically possible. I'm going to say 37 to 30 Bills. MVP uh Josh Allen and player prop I'm going to say going to do a two for here. I'm going to do Jamar Chase and T. Higgins touchdowns. Oh, spicy. I love T. Higgins. I also love Jamar, but he was on my team this year. But I'll cry later. And that leads us to our final game that we have here. We have the Ninas. Bang Bang Niner Gang versus America's team. The Cowboys. Uh oh, Coop. <laughs> let's let's save you for last year. <laughs> uh, sure. So the spread currently is at minus four for the Niners, and you know this goes against everything I've ever said about the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys cover. 
<laughs> Can they cover with the with their current kicker though? Do we have to... <laughs> Didn't make a difference are last year. Are these your two least favorite teams in the NFL? Uh, no, I think I, I hate the Steelers more than the Cowboys. Oh, because Ben Roethlisberger he was down. He's a fraud. <laughs> Bobby Ingram got a PI in the end zone. Never forget Ford Field, 2004. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think the final score of this game, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think both defenses are pretty good. I'm going uh, to say 24-14, boys. Oh. MVP. It's kind of out there. I'm going to say Trayvon Diggs. Oh. I think he snags like two PIs or not oh, PIs, interceptions because we didn't touch on this earlier in the recap, but Brock Purdy is not a good quarterback. He just does dump downs and lets his skills players do whatever they want. I don't think he's that good. My player prop, I'm going to say. I think you said it right there, Zambi, over on Diggs interceptions. Well, I kind of want to make it interesting. Uh <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, so I'm, I'm going to make it spicy. Who's your guys' uh, tight end that's rookie? Oh, shit. I, I know who you're talking about. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the names outside of Schultz. Uh, One sec. Ferguson. I'm going to say Ferguson gets a touchdown. Ooh. That leads us to page. We got four minutes and 50 seconds left in this bad boy. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. I think uh, Niners cover. Sorry, Coop. Uh, I think you got to give the edge. Is it at? Is it at San Francisco too? Yeah. Yep. We're the, we're the two. I think you got to give the edge to the Niners here. I think the score will be close though. I think they will uh, barely cover. I'm going to go score 35 to 30. Um, off of the big, the big turning point of a game is going to be a missed Brett Maher field goal. I'm going to go <laughs> under on Brett Maher field goals. And uh, MVP is going to be Debo Samuel. Um, yeah. So it looks like we have one Cowboys, one Niners. That leaves the uh, that leaves it to me. Um, I think you boys know where I'm going. I'm absolutely taking my boys to win this game. Um, look, they have all the skill players in the world. They have a world-renowned defense. Um, but I think the key to this game is to make Brock Purdy win it for him. And I don't think he's ready for that. I think the moment's just a little too big for him, you know, as a rookie. So if we can, you know, force him into some third and longs and force him to kind of read the field, I think that's when uh, – Micah Parsons is just a tad bit better and you know watch the game deciding play be a strip sack I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I think it's gonna be a little bit more low scoring I'm gonna go I'm honestly gonna go 21 20 I think I think it's gonna be by the skin skin of the Cowboys teeth but they they find they find a way so does it, Brett, be a hell of a game? 
Was a Brett Maher PAT seal the deal? <laughs> I think I think so. I think that dude is probably in the lab right now, <laughs> going going through the uprights. Oh, so, uh, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a dog fight, but I think we're going to exercise some demons from last year's playoff loss when the Niners beat us at our place. Um, but yeah, should be a hell of a weekend, fellas. Looking forward to it. Well, Coop, I have one last question for you. Is it skin, <clears throat> skin of the teeth or skin of the bootstrap there for the boys? <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's bootstrap in this case. <laughs> well, Hell yeah. let's, well uh, let's wrap this episode up. We've only got two minutes left on this recording. Don't feel like setting up another.